welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome everyone back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and I am joined by the one and only Spencer Simpson. Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you had a great week. We also hope that you had the chance to check out last week's podcast, which was a review of Avengers Endgame. If you haven't had the chance to see that yet, please go ahead and click the link right below this one because it's something that you don't want to miss. It's an hour and a half of just raw opinion and riffing and theorizing about the the events of avengers endgame and what it could possibly imply for the future and you would be uh it would behoove you as my ninth grade biology teacher would say it would behoove you to check it out did you have kaiser yeah he's a bomb man Uh, yeah. Also, that said, speaking of Avengers Endgame, uh, folks, we are probably yeah, we're not. We are definitely going to be talking Endgame spoilers throughout this podcast because it will be informing some of these stories here. So, um, again, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, go see it. Go listen to our review and then come back to this episode just so you stay spoiler free. I know technically the spoiler embargo is up, but I want to keep everybody as spoiler safe as I can. Um, outside of that, Spencer, how you doing, buddy? Hey, the truth. I'm pretty tired today. I was getting ready to sit down for a nap whenever I remembered that it was recording day. Um, <laughs> all of my assignments for this semester are up, and now I'm just getting ready for finals, which will start in a couple days. But by the time this uh, episode goes live, um, I'll probably be done with finals. So you can wish me oh, luck man. in hindsight, but... Well, I know everybody will be pulling for our uh, favorite co-host with the most. Um, look forward to uh, having you home and recording this in the flesh. And, you know, oh, you, and I get to, you and I will get to have the honor, the unprecedented privilege of seeing this year's cinematic event together. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, for crying out loud. I knew that when I, with, with all that wind up, it was either going to be something really great or something really awful. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, in fact, look forward, Jared, to, to seeing Dark Phoenix with you. Um, your Instagram story said you can go, dark, go see Dark Phoenix so you can fall asleep in the theater. As always, as your shoulder to sleep on. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Can count on me. Anyway, how was your week, buddy? Oh, it's been nice. Uh, pretty busy. Last week, I was just working my ass off at like work, work, and this week, work, work is kind of low, but uh, do back work is pretty high. Uh, just finished that new Master and Apprentice book, 
and wrote a review for that. I got to write a review for that Dooku Jedi Lost audio book, uh, reading comics, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, lots going on. Um, outside of that, I'm going to hop right into the news. Spencer, I'm going to let you take this one. I appreciate that. Uh, this just in from the wrap. For obvious reasons. Oh, yes. This just in uh, from the wrap yesterday. Uh, the title of the article is Richard Madden in talks to join Marvel Studios, The Eternals. Uh, Game of Thrones, and this is uh, quoting from the wrap here, Game of Thrones and Bodyguard star Richard Madden, who, uh, for those of you who have seen Thrones but aren't really up to date or, or keep track of the actor and actresses names. This is Rob Stark. Um, so uh, game of Thrones and bodyguard star Richard Madden is in talks to star opposite Angelina Jolie in Marvel's the Eternals, which focuses on a group of ancient human beings and uh, an individual with knowledge of the project exclusively told the rap. So there wasn't a whole lot to this article. It does not yet tell us what role he's going to play. Um, or whether or not he is officially um, going to star in the movie. But by the looks of things, and based on the precedent set by previous articles of this kind, it looks like he will most likely be in this movie, starred, uh, starring as an unrevealed character with unrevealed you know, plot details and stuff like that. But... Uh, the article included a little, a little, a short little history at the end. For those of you who don't know, um, it says here, created by comic book legend Jack Kirby in 1976, the Eternals are a race of ancient human beings created millions of years ago by the cosmic entities of the Celestials. So if you don't know much about the Eternals, I recommend you do your reading, find a couple comic books, maybe a wiki page or something, get acquainted with them before this movie comes out, because with a cast like Richard Madden and Angelina Jolie, you're not going to want to miss this. No, like I said, also, my most excited casting is Kamel Nanjiani. He's the one I'm the most excited. No, I skipped over that name in the article as I was reading because I didn't. Even, I don't even know where to begin with Kumal Nanjiani. There we go. I got it. But uh, yeah, I'm the, the problem. For those of you who are uh, who don't know me very well, I learn best by ear, and so reading. <laughs> Uh, Kumail Nanjiani just straight from an article that was a, a, a disaster waiting to happen so I skipped it it was admirable and I appreciate you for it um, the, the prevailing rumor right now is that um, uh, Richard Madden's going to be playing Icarus who's like one of the main Eternals which makes sense because he kind of has the name cachet from Game of Thrones um but yeah, so that's really cool. Like I said, Eternals is looking to be a absolute powerhouse of a cast. Um, I'm looking forward to more new casting news. Like this is like this is the first time in a while where we've like gotten the casting of different characters kind of slowly trickle out to us. Yeah, not like not one big news dump. Like, yeah, like we we've had like for so long, just like. For a long, large part of the MCU for so long now, we've already known who's playing for such a long time. Yeah. Like Chadwick Boseman T'Challa was set in stone for like three years before Civil War. So we've got how long do we do we have 
So we have two years still. Or is that next summer? Yeah. Yeah, like we we had we, there's nothing about phase four that we like. Uh, um, Far from home is going to be our last phase three movie, and who knows when it's when the next uh, news is going to come. But uh, yeah, so moving right along, our favorite universe to talk about the X Men Fox movies. Uh, Collider reports uh, from good old Matt Goldberg. The New Mutants gets pushed back again, <laughs> this time to 2020. Um, this poor freaking movie. I mean... Oh, man. It's, you can't catch a break. I don't know if I put it in here as well, but they also... Disney also just came out and confirmed that, like, Gambit is officially dead. Officially dead? Officially dead. They, like, after, like, eight directors and, like, a thousand delays, they're just finally pulling the plug on Gambit. Uh... Um, yeah, that's but, disappointing. Uh, that'll 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 make Joel really sad. It will. Maybe we should wait. <laughs> Maybe we should wait to tell him until until we're all together again. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably get like some service on like a, in the actual team once they become part of the MCU. Hopefully, <laughs> unless they're just going to keep him in like the corner after X Men Origins Wolverine. But it's like, nope, no more, no more Gambit. Same way. Oh, no, if you ask me, besides Wolverine, Gambit had the best appearance in that movie. Certainly above Baraka Pool. <laughs> Certainly. Oh man, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Marvel is like low key, not like Disney Marvel, but like Fox Marvel is like low key doing to Gambit what um, Warner Brothers is like currently still doing to Green Lantern. Where they were like, you did a bad thing and you are still in trouble for it. Yeah, so you just gotta wait it out. Yeah, just like wait until like the bad the bad taste in people's mouth goes away. Um, but yeah, the original release date for the movie was April 13th, 2018. That's a year ago. And it was scheduled for- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was scheduled for February 2019. And then they pushed it to August 2nd, 2019. And now it's been pushed back again uh, in a press release announcing a huge slate of new release dates. Uh, Disney has revealed that New Mutants will be released on April 3rd, 2020, almost a full two years after it was originally intended to hit theaters. (laughs) Josh Boone's adaptation of the X-Men comics was intended to be a horror spinoff on the horror spin on the superhero genre with a group of young mutants getting their powers and being more dangerous because of it. However, the project already had a rocky production because there didn't seem to be agreement on how hard the horror should be. The film was originally intended to be PG-13, but then word surfaced that the reshoots were going to make the film a straight horror flick. Surprised me, honestly. Like, I know that Disney and the, the directors of of the MCU movies like to take different tonal spins on things, but to make this... To make an MCU film horror production is just so bizarre to me. Well, this wouldn't have been MCU. This would have been like the straight up like Fox X Men stuff. But now that now that are they still going to release that under Fox, or is this going to be now that I don't know? I don't Disney's know. bought them um, out. What's going to happen? I don't know. The fact that like I mean they keep pushing it back, and like it's a finished film. Like they have to release it eventually. 
Um, it says that now the film is going to be delayed even further because uh, it has a tricky time fitting in with Disney's portfolio. Studio is already flush with Marvel superhero movies, and the past X-Men franchise is about to be off their plate when Stark Phoenix opens. Someone speculated that New Mutants might just be dumped onto a streaming service like Hulu or Disney+, Plus, but it appears that Disney still wants to release it theatrically. Uh, but it wouldn't be surprising if this changes as well. The Marvel brand is, is strong, and Marvel Studios probably wants to control what mutant means going forward now that they're back in control of the X-Men franchise. Since this wasn't a property or a film that was produced under Marvel Studios' banner, I can easily see Disney having a change of heart and just putting New Mutants on streaming, but for now, it's still bound for theaters. Uh, tune in next time when New Mutants is pushed to 2021. <laughs> We have this uh, horrifying movie poster. Yeah. New Mutants. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to dog on, like, the hard work of anybody. Um, you know, the reason why I give the Fox X-Men movies such a hard time is because I know how paint by numbers Fox as a studio forces those movies to be. Um, and the only time they've really taken a step back in recent time is when they uh, pour less money into an R-rated movie like Deadpool or, Et- or uh, Logan, and we see how those turn. So I'm of, uh, you know, it's disappointing. I would like to see New Mutants, but by the same token, like, let's just get it over with. I want the MCU to get into X-Men stuff as fast and hard as possible. And um, I don't know. I just feel like this is kind of a waste of everybody's time at this rate. Um, yeah. So uh, moving right along, you want to talk about um, good old Hannah yeah. Baker and game? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so this article comes from the Collider. And by the looks of things. Uh, Catherine Langford was cast for a mysterious role in Avengers Endgame. And for those of you who knew about this but didn't see her and were uh, confused about why, we have the answer here from the Collider. The 13 Reasons Why Actress Peer Okay, so so brief flashback. In Infinity War, after Thanos makes the snap, he goes into what we theorized was, you know, somehow inside the Soul Stone where he's, you know, walking on water and there's that pagoda and there's young Gamora there. And they talk for a brief, you know, for a brief stint and then it's over. He comes back into the real reality. Well, Avengers had intended to make a similar scene Uh, after and again this is for those of you who didn't already turn back there's avengers endgame spoilers here so anyway after tony makes the snap and eliminates the chitauri army kills thanos kills all of his minions tony was supposed to in the original right uh in the original script of the movie he was supposed to have a similar scene where he talks with um a teenage morgan environment or one that was tailored more toward his consciousness something like that but we have here 
from the Collider, quote from Joe Russo. This is direct here. There was an idea that we had that Tony was going to go into the metaphysical way station that Thanos goes into when he snapped his fingers and that there was going to be a future version of his daughter in that way station. And later on, he says, the intention was that this future daughter, because these films were dealing with magic, his future daughter forgave him and sort of gave him peace to go. And the idea felt resonant, but it was just too many ideas in an overly complicated movie. And the article goes on to mention that the scene didn't really uh, test well with the the test audiences that they put it in front of. And so in the final cut, the scene with Catherine Lankford ended up on the cutting room floor. Uh, but the article does end with a possibility that in the DVD and Blu-ray release of this movie, there might be... Um, a version of this in the end credit scenes or in a um, director's cut edition. But based on Joe Russo's, well, well, I should say based on the audience reactions and how the Russo brothers dealt with their reactions, it doesn't look like it'll end up being in any director's cut version, but we may still see it in a deleted scene in the future. Jared, anything on that one? I am legitimately disappointed in this. I think it would have been beautiful. I think the way that they set up Tony and Thanos as these parallel characters um, and the way that they try to hammer home that they're both products is very um, how do I put it? Very um strange father types and that both of them handle their own philosophies and the way that they are fathers to different characters. Um, I think to have a moment where both Morgan and Pepper give him basically, you know, Batman quote, give him permission to die um, and give him permission to be, and give him that moment of we're going to be okay. Thank you. Um, I think that would have been really beautiful, but they made the decision that they had to. I do hope that this scene is included on some type of director's cut or, you know, infinity cut or whatever. Um, I would really much enjoy to see that. But that was the call they made. Um, I hope that maybe in the future, kind of what happened with like the actress who played Bon Mothma and those deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, uh, that they may be like, if they do a story with an older Morgan that they cast Langford to play older Morgan still. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was kind of disappointing, but you know, not everything can make it into every single movie. Yeah. You know, with a movie that's already three hours long, you really have to, to cut where you can just for the sake of people's bladders and sanity. <laughs> not now that being said, this was a pretty easy movie to sit through being three hours long fast pace. We said in, in last episode that there was just, you, there was so much going on. You didn't want to miss a single thing, but you know, that being said, you have to cut, cut corners where you can in terms of screen time. So. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, we, uh, I, I was watching a video like whenever we were setting up, um, right before you hopped on the Discord, 
And it was, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but it was only like a little bit of it of like the Russo's breaking down all of the, like the big moments in the MCU and um, talking end game and talking about how that informed their choices. And apparently um, the actual moment where Tony does his snap was the last thing that they shot. And uh, very similar to the, the, the Hollywood legend of how the iconic I love you, I know scene in Empire Strikes Back happens. Um, there was a, uh, apparently there was just a moment where Thanos says, I am inevitable, tries to snap and it cuts to Tony and he just smugly smiles at him and then he snaps and they kept trying it and trying it, and trying it, and trying it, and trying it. And then, um, they went, you <laughs> kept trying shit, trying shit and trying. <laughs> uh, then they went back and, um, it was during, they, they were editing it. And then the editor whose name escapes me, unfortunately, um, pitched the idea he's like well what if what if like that was like the ultimate bookend for tony and they were like what if he was saying you know i am inevitable i am iron man and that like have they that they should include that and the russos were like oh my god you need to raise um and then <laughs> during reshoots that was the very last thing that they uh put on film was robert downey doing the i am iron man and then snapping oh. his fingers. um so yeah, like I said, this movie, they said that, that, and that was in January. So this movie was a living product for a very long time. Um, but like I said, I would have liked to have seen Flash Forward with Morgan in like the soul dimension. But you win some, you lose some. Well, but, on that note, that makes a pretty good segue into our next story. Jared, take it away. Okay, I love I am not I'm not good at predicting box office. There's a lot of people who are really good, especially like um Armin from Comic Book Cast is great at it. Um a lot of the people on Collider Movie Talk are amazing at it. I am not good at predicting box office. However, you don't need to be a box office guru to have a feeling that Avengers Endgame was gonna make an offensive amount of money. And um, so <laughs> this past weekend, um, in two weeks, Avengers Endgame has, uh, brace yourself for puns, kids, has completely sunk the Titanic's box office record. Like, for <laughs> all the time Titanic was in the theater, Avengers Endgame has made more than that in two weeks. Um, I've already seen it twice. Jared's already seen it four times. Yeah, probably. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I deserve stock in Disney for the amount of times I saw The Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, uh, another Collider article uh, from Vinny Mancuso uh, says, well, 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 it looks like there's finally one record Avengers Endgame didn't demolish with a trifling 145.8 million. I'm kidding. That is so much money. The Marvel moot film is now officially holds the second highest second weekend domestically of all time behind the force awakens. So this is the second biggest week two. So like force awakens still has the biggest week two now. So star Wars still has a record. This news probably means absolutely nothing to Disney who just happens to own star Wars too, because right 
because right the other little tidbit out this weekend is the Endgame is already number two global is the number two global release of all time, sinking Titanic to third place and knocking Avatar's two point seven eight eight billion door just twelve days into its release. So uh, Endgame is going to beat Avatar. Which everybody thought it was going to happen with Infinity War didn't quite happen, but the fact that Infinity War or Endgame rather has already, you know, gotten through Titanic, this is just the tip of the iceberg for the box office. Um, it's going to be in theaters for at least a couple more weeks. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just going to keep sailing through. Um, the rewatch value is so good. There's a lot of movies like Avatar, I'm sure that that you see it once and you just you immediately want to see it again. I mean, that none is. I mean, I wanted to cry and go to bed when I first watched Endgame, but the next day <laughs> I wanted to see it again, right? Yeah. But um, well, I'm not at all surprised. No, this is incredible. Like this, um, it says overseas Endgame has hauled in an eye popping 1.57 billion. Bringing its global total to 2.18 billion, this marks the fastest by by a mile that a film has crossed the two billion dollar mark. It took Avatar 47 days, and just the fifth time a movie has made two billion dollars ever. Meanwhile, the rest of the box office struggles to make a sizable dent in the massive wake of Endgame. The biggest news came from The Intruder, a screen gems thriller starring Dennis Quaid as a man who sells his home and then refuses to leave. The film opened in second to a solid $11 million on a reported $8 million budget. So, yay, The Intruder made some money. Right behind The Intruder is Longshot, debuting in third place with $10 million, uh, directed by uh, Jonathan Levine and Dan Sterling with uh, Liz Hannah. Uh, the rom-com stars Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron as a speechwriter and presidential hopeful who fall in love on the campaign trail. But yeah, the current shakeout of the box office is uh, Endgame, Intruder, Longshot, Ugly Dolls, Captain Marvel, which was almost on its way out. Uh, This is really cool. During the first weekend for uh, Endgame, Captain Marvel was like sitting at like seven, eight, nine ballpark. And then it shot back up to number three. So like clearly there is like some Marvel synergy there that's like kind of terrifying that it's capable of doing that at the box office. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Endgame, Intruder, Longshot, Ugly Dolls, Captain Marvel, Breakthrough, The Curse of La Llorona, Shazam, Little, and Dumbo. Um, so yeah, Endgame is making an insane amount of money. Uh, you should buy stock in Disney. Because it's going to make you money this year. Because there's lots of Disney movies and lots of Marvel movies and Star Wars stuff. And Disney owns everything. I'm pretty sure if you like follow the chain here, Disney in this podcast. But yeah, this is some uh, wild, wild news. And then, uh, Spencer, I will pass the next off to you, talking more ways uh, Disney can take our money. <laughs> Certainly that. I mean, <laughs> unless you're unless you're buying stock, you're giving money by to Disney, not getting money from Disney. So <laughs> earlier, 
this week we got a an article from The Verge uh, that coming in 2020, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom are going to be Hulu's next two live action Marvel shows. Uh, so this is from The Verge here. Marvel's Ghost Rider is actually a spinoff of sorts. It'll focus on the version of the hero known as Robbie Reyes, previously seen in live action on Marvel's Agents of Shields, Agents of Shields, Agents of Shield on ABC. Johnny Blaze iteration of the character, infamously played by Nicolas Cage, um, Gabrielle Luna. Yeah. Gabriel Luna, like, like, just goes to show that the reading and anyway, Gabriel it's Luna, because you're an excellent actor. Like, that's the hysterical part. Is like, I've seen you be really good at reading words off a page, and then there's sometimes for like the names, man. I just I'm reading this too fast. Anyway. <laughs> Gabriel Luna, who played Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will continue to reprise the role, although the story apparently won't be related to his earlier appearance. Um, and then continuing on with Hellstrom, uh, Marvel's Hellstrom will tell the story of a pair of siblings, Damien and, no, Damon. Hellstrom, whose father was a mysterious and powerful serial killer. That's all in quotes there. Which is a bit of an understatement <laughs> because um, in the comics, Hellstrom's, the, the Hellstrom children's father is uh, Satan, who is perhaps the most <laughs> notorious serial killer ever. But Maybe. The matter <laughs> of fact way he said that, he is um, Satan. <laughs> is he, I didn't even notice that, that I said so it like matter that. matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> fact is, uh, um, Satan is not Satan? a good dude. <laughs> For those of you who are cosmically unaware, Satan is a, is a really big bad guy. Cosmically unaware. <laughs> Continuing with the article. Sticker. Oh my god. Actually, that's that's such a that's the perfect kind of like a sarcastic bumper sticker that you would put on your car. For those of you who don't know. He's the bad guy. Anyway, well, the show will see the two, quote, track down the terrorizing worst of humanity, end quote, in what one can only assume will be a fairly dark spin on the usual superhero story. Um, and the article says that they're being produced again by ABC and that... Nah, yeah, it says, in other words, don't expect the same level of characters and storyline crossover from the films as you would see in a Disney Plus series. Again, because uh, the, these series are going to be handled by... Okay, so I have my phone on my desk right here. And as I'm saying these two series, I hear the little doo-doo. Apparently, I, 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 I triggered Siri just now. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> I will accidentally... Um... I will, from time to time, accidentally trigger a certain AI that is controlled by Amazon because I record in Logan's room. Oh, yeah. Like three times yesterday, I said a name that started with A. That sounded Hello. nothing like it. How can and I help it, you? it woke itself up, and I was, like, I was like, no, I didn't say your name. Yeah. My mom sent me a rather tri uh, chilling Trib Live article the other day. 
about how the government is using Amazon to spy on you with <laughs> with your little things. Uh, it's very yeah. long. <laughs> it's pro- it's probable <laughs> it's, it's, that they aren't. Let's just hope that they aren't doing this. <laughs> let's just hope they're not doing the same thing with my ancestry DNA information. <laughs> they're cloning with that. Dude, they're making I, tethered. They're giving. <laughs> don't want a tethered. I don't want one. I got five on it. <laughs> that movie, Jared. Uh, how did you make me see that? Um, that wraps it up for the ghost rider and hellstrom shows again those will be coming in 2020 so look forward to those next year jared we all know all you this is all you i would never know we all know that i'm a big fan of d-lister and so i'm very happy to announce from the hollywood (laughs) reporter about a week ago that James Gunn's The Suicide Squad casts Ant-Man actor, and again, I'm going to butcher this, David Dastmalchian. Do you want to repeat that? Because you got kind of, not the name, but just who he's playing, because it got kind of horrible. It, it's not, in the, it's not in, the, in the title. I was just checking to make sure I got David Dastmalchian right. Oh, okay. Is that right? I think so. Right. Well, our boy, David Dasmalchin, joins the exclusive club of characters who uh, gets to play two different Batman villains in two different movies. Roll, please. Jasmine's gonna be Polka Dot Man. <laughs> we were talking about this clown a couple episodes ago. Just like, you know, what if, you know, what if we could get some of these crazy D listers like Kite Man, like, yeah. like Firefly or the Pyro, the Pyro, what the heck's his name? The Pyromaniac. Yeah, Firefly, you're right. Well, I, I got confused with, uh, the G.I. Joe movies there for a second. But anyway, I am oh, super wow. excited, maybe a little bit too excited <laughs> over this article that the guy who was cast as the Russian dude in Ant-Man and then also uh, the guy who was cast as um, Thomas Thomas Fisht who the heck did he play in in the in the Nolan trilogy? Thomas. Let's find out. I'm Keep trying to remember. Because okay, okay, I'll read the article while Jared finds this out. We got here. Ant-Man actor David Dasmalchin is headed over to the DC universe. Dasmalchin has closed a deal to star in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad with sources saying he will play the comic book villain Polka Dot Man. If that doesn't sound menacing, I don't know what does. The actor now joins Margot Robbie, who is returning as villain turned sometime heroine Harley Quinn. Um, Jai Courtney back as Captain Boomerang and Schiff, that's what it was. Uh, he was 
comics because I know he's he was one of those characters that they slipped into the Nolan trilogy while nobody was paying attention. The shift. Uh. So, uh, Spencer, you're going to be uh, cosplaying polka dot man. I don't know about that, man. You like two days ago, you were twisting my arm to do bat or Superman. Okay, well, I don't know okay. about that. First of all, that that was that was an agreement. No, it was an agreement, but you twisted my arm to that agreement. Okay, but quick that, little aside. Good... <laughs> quick little aside. Um, we're watching, and, and our friend Joel from home. We're all watching the new episode of Game of Thrones on Sunday night, all quite separately. And then after, uh, uh, Jon Snow gives an epic speech and Jared texts me immediately <laughs> and says, after that speech, I'm 100% cosplaying Jon Snow now. And then we started to get in this, uh, it was that, and it was, it was that, that was like, okay, I'm about there. And then it was like the whole spiel that Tormund gave. Well, that was whole like that whole like you know who the fuck rides a dragon a crazy bastard that's who and I was like okay I'm in I'm in I'm cosplaying Jon Snow it's over. <laughs> well, you are a crazy bastard. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, that was my. He's like he died, but he wouldn't. He came. He came back, and I'm like, oh man, this is my kind of character. I have to do it. And then I said, Jared, that sounds wonderful. And I'm the one that told you you should cosplay Jon Snow in the first place. And I said, but I've got a better idea for you. <laughs> All we would need is a wheelbarrow and some like cataract looking contact lenses. And I could be Hodor and Bran circa <laughs> season four. Which I think is just a hilarious idea because I can picture it now. Most wheelbarrows are on the the small side compared to my six foot ass. And so I'm like sitting there picturing what I would look like with my legs hanging out the front end of this wheelbarrow and with Jared just kind of like waddling with the two ends of it behind and me just kind of looking at everybody with this blank face. <laughs> it just it it almost brought me to tears at how hilarious this, this, this mental image that I that I made for myself was, and so I said, "But Jared, scratch Jon Snow. We've got to do Brandon Hodor." And then he said, "Tell you what, I will only do Brandon Hodor with you if you put together a Superman cosplay to match my Batman cosplay." And I said. <sighs> Fine, whatever it takes to, to get Brandon Hodor at Steel City Con, I'm gonna do it. I just take lots of pictures of me just like holding a door in front of you. <laughs> just, just, just give us, just give us like a year or two, and then you'll see us rolling up to Comic Con in a wheelbarrow. Oh, um, they let us in. <laughs> anyway, back to the article. After a quick wiki search. It believes I was wrong. I could have sworn that Schiff reference to a completely different, um, well, a, a character of the same name that was a another D-lister Batman villain. But anyway, tie back to the article. Um, Jai Courtney will be back as Captain Boomerang and Idris Elba, who was initially set to take the role of Deadshot before the script changed. Uh, 
saw it evolve into a new and undisclosed part. Guardians of the Galaxy filmmaker T- uh, James Gunn is writing and directing the Suicide Squad, as we have covered in previous episodes. But plot details are being kept secret. Uh, the new characters include DC villains such as Ratcatcher, Peacemaker, King Shark, and last but certainly not least, Polka Dot Man. I want to see you do a Polka Dot Man costume so fucking bad. That would be the most humiliating weekend of my life. <laughs> that would be no. That would be like the next group we do. Like we, like you, me, and Joel. We do like we do Doctors ten through twelve. We do Obi Wan, Anakin, and Luke, and then we can just all start doing D list Batman villains. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I would certainly not be opposed, but I would, I would at least find some some ironic humor if I did like the ventriloquist, ventriloquist, and just walked around without a sock on and like painted a couple dots on. You know, that would at least be ironically funny. I would say I don't care what any, either of you do. I got dibs on fucking kite man. <laughs> okay, you 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 can have kite man, dude. Kite man, hell yeah! No one is taking kite man, hell yeah, away from me. I I saw this one. I can't remember where I saw it. It was somewhere online. I saw a picture of a guy who did a kite man costume, like from Batman Rebirth, where he really? has like a way cooler design than fucking kite man deserves. With this like this like armor plast kind of look. I know he looks like he looks kind of like Falcon from the MCU. <laughs> yeah. You know that that really awesome looking outfit, like a flight suit. Yeah. And a glider. He like attached a speech bubble to himself. That's just he was like walking around, but it had like the speech bubble that said "Kite Man, Hell Yeah" on it. And that's oh. what I'd do. <laughs> Around, uh, courtesy of the Hollywood Reporter on Polka Dot Man. He debuted in 1962's Detective Comics number 300. Uh, Abner Krill was a low-level crook who tried to make a name for himself with spot-themed crimes and a costume that included some amazing gimmicks such as spots that transformed into buzz saws and flying saucers on command. <laughs> Gun has an affinity for pretty obscure comic characters. Me too, James. Me too. Polka Dot Man has appeared less than a dozen times since his creation, and the character is said to lean on his embarrassment abilities, which is certainly true. And then a fun little tidbit here at the bottom regarding uh, Das Malchian and his involvement in the Nolan trilogy. Uh, It says that. Uh, das Malachian learned how to use a prop rifle from fellow actor Heath Ledger and shared a memorable scene uh, with Christian Bale's Batman. Uh, it also says here that uh, appearing in The Dark Knight in 2008 was his first uh, ever film role appearance, which is pretty great. He's come a long yeah. way since then, landed himself a gig uh, with the Ant-Man crew, and now he's going to be in... He's why is my mind going blank every two seconds today? He'll be in Suicide Squad under Gunn's direction, and that's something to look forward to. Jared, any other thoughts before we move on? There needs to be a Hall of Heroes shirt that just says the word spot-themed crimes. I don't know why that... that oh my God. I'm trying to think oh, what that would look like. 
is uh, comic books are so weird. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's like there's a reason why everybody knows Batman and nobody knows Polka Dot Man or Kite Man because some characters are just. But it's so fun for 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 sweaty D-lister Batman villain fans like you and me to see our dreams come true and get an actual live action screen appearance of Polka Dot Man. I feel like this is kind of the reverse of what I was talking about yesterday, or not yesterday, last week on the Endgame review, when I was like opining about how awesome it is to get to see characters like Ant Man and Black Panther and like. You know, my whole thing about, you know, I see six-year-olds dress up as Black Panther and Ant-Man and it makes my heart happy. Yeah. Um, that like this friend that like the this nerd culture has proliferated so much. I feel like this is like the dark side to that. <laughs> we're like now we've arrived at the point Polka like, Dot Man. We have to admit that Polka Dot Man is a thing. Like we were all proud, what, like, Jerry. yeah, it, it's super cool and he's super powerful and look at how badass Black Panther is, you know. And then we have to be like, there's also Polka Dot yeah. Man. It's a sad like, reality. You know, we got a little antsy about the talking tree. You know, tell you what, like, Jerry. I don't know if people are gonna like this, and they thought he was cute, and then it was like, okay, but like, are you guys ready for Polka Dot Man now? All right, I got a proposition you for you. Spot themed crimes. Are you ready for spot themed crimes? <laughs> got a proposition for you yes between the two of us whoever okay. sees a kid hot man for halloween first gets five bucks from the other person whoever sees the first polka dot man halloween, halloween costume, costume. <laughs> it can't be a comic-con it's got to be on actual trick-or-treat night for halloween yes <laughs> okay we we got a deal and a couple hundred people listening. Yeah, we, that have, we have approximate, like, you know, give or take 400, 500 people who just heard us agree to this bet. So, okay. So, you guys can hold us to it. That's, that's hilarious. Why don't we move right along to probably the most exciting? Well, maybe one we of the most exciting chunks. Spider Man. Yeah. Um, we do. Yeah. I just wanted to mention real quick before we dive into all of that stuff. Um, we, uh, just by virtue of it happening at the same time as Steel City Con, we did not really get a chance to delve into, um, all of the Disney Plus shows that got announced. Uh, again, we were tied up with Steel City Con and then Endgame on the way and trying to get our, uh, MCU recap. We did miss out on this. <coughs> Pardon me. But, uh, just quickly going to run through. We are confirmed to be getting a Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. That excites me very much, especially after Endgame, where this will probably be our first look at Falcon's cap. Which is super exciting. Very, very exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there for character development on Sam's part, who already is a pretty solid character, but to see him, you know, fill the mantle... Uh, as he received the shield from from Steve and make it his own. I'm really excited for how that's going to look. Yes, agreed. Uh, we have a Hawkeye show on the way. Um, there's no real, no one has really said where the timeline these are going to take place. Um, I'm, I can only assume for a lot of these, it's going to be post-Endgame. Um, 
you know, maybe Hawkeye's show can be about his time as Ronan, but I doubt they'd call it a Hawkeye show if it was about his time as Ronin. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, so that will be cool. We'll be getting a Scarlet Witch and Vision show called WandaVision. Um, and Sounds like something you would hear in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to say real quick, um, there are a lot of misleading reports about the WandaVision show. No, it is not going to take place in the 50s. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen said that the show is going to have a 1950s feel, and then a bunch of news outlets reported it as uh, Elizabeth Olsen confirms WandaVision takes place in the 1950s. Probably um, not. So, yeah, uh, you know, clickbait is a thing. Um, and then there's supposed to be an MCU What If TV show uh, that's going to be like a mini series tackling different what if scenarios in the MCU, which now that we now understand how the multiverse works in the MCU could lead to some very interesting uh, stories and a lot of different, you know, it explains how they can tell those stories. It'll just kind of be like a dimension hopping uh freewheeling kind of show. Uh so yeah, I just want to real quick mention that like those are the Disney Plus shows we can look forward to. Um just gonna double check here and make sure I got all of them. This is why Jared runs the show. I want to jump straight into the the Far From Home trailer and he's kind enough to remind me of the other three things on the itinerary. <laughs> That is why I am merely the co-host. I also have listened to too many podcasts my whole life and have the slight advantage of a little bit of extra time on you than uh, you've been doing this kind of thing. All right. I think we're good. I think those are all of them. I could be wrong. And then uh, the other story, very brief, uh, not a whole lot to chew on uh, with this one is just that. Next year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will start shooting. Um, I don't know what all that means with regards to... uh, Suicide Squad, I blanked on that, just like you did earlier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely, like, my brain (laughs) shut down there for a second. Um, Keep thinking that I'm looking for a name other than Suicide Squad, since there's already a Suicide Squad movie yeah exactly um well done so i don't know how that's gonna all work together there but we will be seeing that very soon um that and then one last one last story before we uh start to chew on the uh um home far from home trailer uh we got a huge announcement i forgot to put this in the show notes but this is fairly straightforward a big slate of releases for disney um, coming in the in the next few years, uh, and there's a handful of dates that are just listed as Untitled Marvel and Untitled Star Wars. Um, so just running through them real quick. Uh, 2019. Uh, that's the year we're in. So you guys know coming out this year. Uh, currently 2020 has New Mutants on there. We'll see if that happens. Uh, 2021 is going to be our first Marvel movie. 
Uh, February 12th is Untitled Disney Marvel. I am going to take a shot in the dark and say that that's going to be Black Panther. Um, seeing as they released Black Panther 1 in February and they wanted to do it during Black History Month, I would not be surprised if they did that again for the Black Panther sequel. There will be a May 5th Untitled Disney Marvel movie. Uh, again, this is all 2021. And an Untitled Disney Marvel in November 5th. Um, I don't know what the May or the November would be. If you put a gun to my head, I would maybe guess um, November would be Doctor Strange just because they released Doctor Strange 1 in a November. But, you know, there's no hard and fast rule. Uh, 2022, February 18th. 2022, uh, May 6th. Uh, 2022, July 29th. There's also uh, 2022 is going to be our first Star Wars movie uh, in December 16th. Over that, this cast. That's about uh, not all I really care about, but that's the one that excites me the most. Um, <coughs> pardon me. And then that's it for now. And then the rest of it trails off uh, with a few Star Wars projects and um avatar sequels because disney just wants to disney just wants to be the box office itself so that is all of the news outside of a trailer 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 talk uh yeah so far from home got a brand new and it looks really cool and uh spencer what'd you think of the far from home trailer i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one because i've been talking for him well i think it'll do a good job especially like right out the gate um it's got peter looking up at a at a wall mural in the city of iron man and he's feeling the feels and so i think this movie will do a good job of reflecting the audience as well as the character in that like, okay, so what do we do now that he's gone? How do we mentally and emotionally process it to the point where we can come to terms with it and get on with our lives, doing our thing, um, especially with Peter and his relationship with happy Hogan. Um, he's going to be heavily featured in the movie. It looks like, and in terms of broad expectations, I think that's about all I got, but we can do, um, you can, your broad expectations, Jared. Broad expectations. Um, kind of addressing the master of illusions and, uh, people are kind of thinking that Mysterio was talking out of his ass. And that his whole claim about being from the multiverse might be bullshit or that the multiverse itself might be bullshit. I don't think you can really say that the multiverse is bullshit after Endgame. But uh, I do think Mysterio might be lying about something. I do think he's behind the, uh, not the Eternals, the uh, Elementals. Um, Hydra I mean, Man and it makes sense with Mysterio being classically uh, a villain in the comic books. Being classically a villain and his whole shtick being that of a, of a manipulator. Um, 
So I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Um, the it, It's a really cool moment. I love the moment in the trailer where MJ basically calls Peter out and says, like, look, I'm not fucking stupid. I know you're spider <laughs> Yeah, that was I like, just, oh, shoot, she knows. You know, yeah. and like the only the only fandom that comes close to Star Wars in terms of toxicity is Spider-Man fans. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are getting kind of pissy about like, oh, Peter cares more about Tony Stark than he cares about Uncle Ben. And like, hey, this is coming from like the biggest Spider-Man fan you're ever going to hear from. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear hear and see Uncle Ben. I'd love to. But. That story has been told. Everybody knows it. so many times. The same way you can release a Batman movie tomorrow and not show his parents get killed, they know. Yeah, everybody would be up to speed. Um, so I don't really need. I would like to see it, and I think seeing the suitcase is a really nice nod um, from the first trailer. Uh, I do wish they kept in that scene at Homecoming where he like tried on Uncle Ben's old suit, and that's the suit he wears to prom or Homecoming. Yeah, he he went to prom in the movie called Homecoming. Um, <laughs> Nicely done, Jared. I'm, I am smart, SMRT. Uh, so I don't know. I I love this whole thing with like him trying to kind of like live up to Tony's legacy. And like, again, like people are like, he's just going to be the next Iron Man. Like, they don't mean next Iron Man as in literally you're going to be the next person to call themselves Iron Man. Uh, no, no, no. You're going to be the next symbol. <laughs> it's a massive, it's a massive role. It's a, in, not in terms of like, you know, Tom Holland playing, but, but within the MCU, the Iron Man role is essential and he can continue being Spider-Man, but like slowly start to fill that role where, Hey, you need something done in New York? We got a guy, you know? Yeah. I um I like the uh I like that he's getting a little bit more comfortable in his own skin. We're getting a little a lot more like the fast talking like jokester with Peter. You know, like which came, which came way too late with Tommy McGuire and way too early with Andrew Garfield, I think. Yeah. Andrew Garfield was like quipping from the start and Toby, like he has like a, he has a handful of really good jokes throughout each movie. He's at his quippiest in Spider-Man three. Like one of my favorite moments from Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. I don't care what anybody says is when he first confronts Sandman. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if anybody told you I'm the sheriff around these parts. Uh. <laughs> it's how goofy that line is and how beautiful it is because of how stupid and goofy it is. Um, but you know, you have, Parker for you. yeah, well, I was love that scene where like the cops are like, you know, hey, are you an Avenger now? And he was just like, no, I'm too busy doing your job. <laughs> but you know, all in jest. Yeah, and all in jest. And you know, he's not he's not as abrasive as Tony, but he's kind of getting more comfortable in his own skin. Um, I uh, I like his like shield issued stealth suit. Um, I saw Mr. Sunday movies did his trailer break. And he said that he thinks that the black and red superior Spider-Man style suit might be a gift from Tony uh, posthumously, uh, which is possible. Not a hundred percent sure. I don't really care where he gets the suit. I just love that. It's black and red. Yeah. Uh, 
I think also it could be knowing Tony, especially after the events of Iron Man three, that Tony just kind of like you one day and decided to make like eight Spider-Man suits and then, you know, release them one at a time. Yeah. You know, like, like in infinity war, whenever he all of a sudden just has this iron suit that he had tucked away from the end of homecoming. Yeah. Like, Ready. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he's got, you know, seven or eight other suits on hand that well, you know, Tony will yeah. from the other side know that Spider-Man needs it and you know, open section, whatever. Well, there was that one <laughs> shot where he has like the holographic thing around his arm. Yeah. And like it might be a pipe That's very stark interfacey. This might be a pipe dream. But I kind of hope that, like, by the end of this movie, he is gifted a more comic accurate version of the Iron Spider. Where it's like, oh, hey, you know, Tony built this. Maybe, like, Tony built it as, like, a memoriam to him. And, like, the suit never got any play. And, like, I also think it's, like, a really bittersweet role reversal where, like, Tony had to live so many years with, like, the guilt and the grief of Peter Parker's death, and now Peter Parker has to live in a world without Tony Stark. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea that maybe Iron Man just just built, like, the red and gold Iron Spider for Peter, and that, like, that hologram thing he's looking at, it looks more like the gauntlet on the Iron Spider, which I would really enjoy seeing. Um, because I, I, I had mixed opinions about the version of Iron Spider that we got in the movie, because um, that's one of my favorite suits. And I was kind of like, ah, it's not red and gold. I don't like it. And then I was like, you know what? I do think I like it. Oh, you know, it is red and gold, but it's also you know blue and black. And yeah, the gold is okay. not quite as hot roddy as, as Tony Stark's Iron Man suits. But nice little nod. It was a good first take, I think. But oh, Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I my inner like it has to be comic accurate or it's shit. Like that that inside like me jerk is still there a little bit. Like there's like a little bit of that guy inside of me that gets angry anytime something isn't hundred percent accurate, and then I remember that like it doesn't have to be. Yeah. But uh I'm just gonna pull up the trailer here and make sure we're hitting all deeps. Um but Oh, yeah, I, also the the memorial, I love all the memorials uh, to Tony that they're seeing. Um, you know, like clearly, his sacrifice has been made known worldwide. Uh, just flipping through here, making sure we're getting everything. Um, say, oh yeah, yeah. We also have it established in the trailer that, like, from the beginning, um, and you know, kind of the same way we used uh, Black Widow's hair in Endgame as kind of like a marker for time. Right. Um, if you kind of follow Peter's suits throughout this trailer, you can kind of get a good idea of where we are in the story. And like, he's wearing the iron spider in this bit in the beginning where Nick Fury is trying to call him. So like, I like the fact that like Nick Fury is like from the jump trying to locate Peter or has probably already located him, but is trying to like bring him in. Untacked him. <laughs> yeah. Like he's trying to not have to ambush him like he does with Ned. Um, like I said, we see he, uh, him meet Mysterio and kind of the establish uh, and see them kind of establish this idea that Mysterio is allegedly an ally. 
allegedly. But, allegedly, but uh, if you've read comics before or have seen a movie before, um, I wouldn't trust him. Yeah, and unless they do like you know that that very uncomfortable sort of a twist where they make a villain an ally in this movie, kind of like with the scrolls in Captain Marvel. Who knows if he's going to be, you know, like, okay, I mean, I'm not the best guy, but we have a common enemy to fight right now. And so we'll see him as a bad guy later on. But like we've been saying, I think it's more likely that he's just pulling the wool over everybody's eyes because Nick Fury is, you know, so hyper sensitive to the idea of what's beyond this world that he buys it hook, line and sinker. You know, some guy just shows up with powers and says he's from an alternate universe and he's here to help. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, I, yeah, we throw you in. Yeah. And I also like the idea of, and like, again, this is from, uh, I was thinking about this, but I think Mr. Sunday movies put it best in his trailer. Break when he was talking about the fact that like Nick Fury is so used to being, up to date and on everything. And he's been out for five years. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he has five years to catch up on as to what exactly is going on in the world. So I like the idea that he is playing catch up and that maybe he is able to have the wool pulled over his eyes by Mysterio because he is trying to to play catch up that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm really excited for it you know like like ant-man and the wasp it's going to be a very nice palate cleanser after such a heavy marvel movie um kind of sit down and relax a good time with it movie that you don't like on the edge of your seat like waiting for something heartbreaking to happen (laughs) as we all were i'm afraid so, yeah, uh, Spencer, any further thoughts on the Far From Home trailer? Oh, I think we covered basically everything, um, all my thoughts, and then the ones that, that you had said that I agree with. We covered just about everything. Awesome. Well, with that, I think that is all for this episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. Uh, Spencer, where can the lovely people at home find you? Same place as they always do, I hope. Spence Man Cosplays on Instagram. Um, nothing really new on that front, but give it, give it a follow and I'll follow you back. Now that, yeah, I got locked out of my Instagram account for a cosplaying a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I ever told you this, no, but, you um, <laughs> but, but I kept saying, you know, like, hey, hit me with a follow. And meanwhile, I'm on the, and my brain is like, ah, I will follow you back eventually if I ever get back in my account. But not to worry, I reset my password. And so hit me with well, a follow I and sure I will you follow the, you back. I got to make sure you got all of the uh, pictures from Steel City. I didn't get really any of them except the ones that the, the, the few that I took on my phone. Yeah. I was just saying, but I don't think like, I still haven't posted anything. Yeah. I, I was going to say like the picture, cause I know I took a couple pictures for you and they were like group pictures that I only got sent. Um, but yeah. In any case, Uh, Jared, you can find me. At Dark Jedi 2552 on Twitter and Instagram. You should be able to find Spencer on Twitter, but he's a bitch. 
don't um, want it. I don't want it. <laughs> follow our cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay, on Instagram. Uh, follow Do Back Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to check out our Team Public, where we got lots of cool merch. We're going to have lots of new stuff coming out soon. Hopefully, we can get a couple more Endgame shirt, Endgame theme shirts out. I really want to get one where it's the peach emoji where Caps costume this is America's ass on. Um, <laughs> I would I would get that. You would wear that? Okay, that makes me happy. Uh, but yeah, you guys be sure to tune in at the same bat time to the same bat channel. We love you 3000.
Softly spoken magic 